There are only a handful of songs that have made me cry. Haley Hendrix's The Bug Collector is one. The Nationals' Don't Swallow the Cap is another. Another example is Walter Martin's song, The Crow Symbolizes Love. I remember the moment that it happened, too. I was sitting in a fast food drive through with my fiance, waiting for the line to advance. It was midday, probably a day where neither of us had anything else to attend to. My left hand was on the steering wheel, and my right was interlocked with hers. We weren't saying anything to each other, as we had said plenty already throughout the course of the day. Instead, we just sat, settled in a quiet moment, enjoying some music. We had gotten engaged the summer prior and were planning for our wedding that fall. I was smack dab in the middle of that transition, knee deep in my final year of college and constantly confronting the ways my life was changing. As I sat there with my fiance, waiting for food and contemplating, listening to this song about finding your person and the journey it takes to get there, I cried. Overwhelmed by a path that led me to that exact moment before expanding into an infinite number of branches of indefinite length. Needless to say, this song was added to our wedding playlist. The Crow Symbolizes Love is a song that captures the many stages of love and the self-discovery that comes alongside it. Each stanza takes us to a different stage, from childhood crush to committed and contented love. Right off the bat, the song gives us the tools needed to understand it. It's all right there in the title. The crow symbolizes love. But that begs the question, why a crow? I haven't thought that far, except that it, it worked for me. Kat Edmondson. Because a crow is often represented something ominous. And in this case, you really gather the power of the crow, the strength in, in the black eyes and the, and the just natural essence of the crow. So it's, it's kind of a new way to, to symbolize the crow. It's just gorgeous. You know, I don't know. It's funny that that I had that title. That's just I actually don't know where I had, but I had a uh, I had that written down. The crow symbolizes love. I really don't know where how I thought of it or where it came from, but I just always liked that title. Uh, it just seemed I liked how clunky a crow. I don't know. It's just not very pretty, and it's just like sort of. A, Anyway, there's something about the title, The Crow Symbolizes Love, that I liked. And then I, then I ended up really liking the idea of having a song about love and just 
<laughs> using a crow is a very it's just a very simple songwriting mechanism that that I didn't think would work and it took a while for it to work uh and but I liked you just having that one layer of being able to hide behind the crow but then I also like that you could just give it away at the title you know I think if people didn't see the the title of the song they'd be like well what does the crow symbolize that's why I was like oh, the just read the title the crow symbolizes love so I don't know I thought that was funny the crow is a common bird and can be found across all of North America. It's relatively small, much smaller than its cousin, the raven. Ravens are big and dramatic and the subject of Edgar Allan Poe's most famous poem. Crows sit on stop signs. But while they may be taken for granted, crows are smart, very smart. They use tools. They also mate for life. They are a bird overlooked by many, but they have an incredible depth to them. In some cultures, they're a symbol of death or illness, often depicted perched on gravestones. But here, the humble crow symbolizes love, and I couldn't think of a better choice. For Walt, Using the crow allowed him to earnestly approach the sometimes corny topic of love. Like just the idea of sitting down and just writing a song about like love and like the like sort of relationships you had and and where and where I am now, you know, it just and like sort of that that process of growing up. Um, it just if you're actually if you don't have a device, don't have a, a little trick to make it come together. It's, it's hard, you know, or, or it's, or it's come, it, it's easy. It's very easy for it to be corny and, and, and whatever. So, so anyway, or something that wouldn't appeal to me. Um, and uh, that one little trick allowed me to just tell a pretty direct story just because there was a crow involved. The story of this song heavily reflects Walt's own life. While it might be under the cover of symbolism it's all true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that was just exactly. That was just sort of yeah, very autobiographical. That's yeah, that's all true stuff basically. Um uh, I mean there was no crow that was following me around. So, let's dive into it. The first stanza introduces us to Walt's 12-year-old self who sees love but doesn't fully understand it or appreciate it. In fact, he finds it kind of scary. The first time I saw the crow I was in West Virginia About 12 years old She flew so beautiful and high Up in that West Virginia sky Oh, and so scared was I This first chapter is a childhood crush. At 12 years old, you don't really have a strong concept of romantic love. It's far and distant, but you can start to make out the shape. This big, important, intimidating shape. As you start to get older though, you learn how to get close to the crow, what it means and how it can impact your own personal development. But she flew away like a mysterious dream And when she came back to me i just turned 17 She fluttered and she caught 
And in the black of her eyes I saw myself as whom I'm supposed to be. One element that I find interesting is that the crow came back. This is the same persistent crow. It's not the same person, but the love felt towards those people. Here, the crow is much closer. Walt is close enough to look deep into its eyes. He's not scared, but he also doesn't seem to have a handle on the situation, as the bird is fluttering and cawing, the emotionally clumsy love of high school. This is not the love he's supposed to have, but it is a step in the right direction. And more importantly, it gives him that direction. During those early stages of life, sometimes it can feel like you're playing house, taking steps and making moves, learning what feels right, learning what feels wrong, and learning what concessions and evolutions you'll need to make as a person to be successful in the relationship that you want. During that time, you can see your own future. Maybe you start to identify areas of self-improvement or discover boundaries that keep you safe and help you grow. Love can bring light to an ideal version of yourself. In the next stanza though, we see what happens when this love is absent for long stretches of time leaving you asking, is love for me? And when the crow left again, I didn't let my sadness show. But I stayed out all night drinking, wondering where the hell would she go? All but all I found is that the crow don't come round when you don't love your own self, you know. So many years passed by, lines formed around my eye. Lord, I thought the crow had died. Oh, no, no, no. This song always brings about a lot of reflection on my own journey. I have a distinct memory of sitting in the car with my best friend during one of these long stretches in between relationships. I was frustrated and missing the crow without a sense of direction. Where could I find it? I asked my friend, what kind of person do you see me being with? He told me that he couldn't really see me with anyone. Now, his answer was innocent enough and understandable. It was meant to be a compliment, but it stuck with me. I can be very particular and enjoy time spent alone. At the time, I thought that came from an intense understanding of myself, a noble self-awareness. What I came to realize is that it was a crutch. I enjoyed my own company, but wasn't self-actualized enough to feel like myself in the context of others. Over the following years, I unknowingly worked on this, sometimes slowing down, other times putting myself in new situations. I learned to not just like myself, but love myself and the relationships that I built with others. And then I met my wife. 
the crow don't come around when you don't love your own self, you know. Then one day, as I was resting beneath a tree, I looked up in the sky, oh, and suddenly there was she. And she dropped an apple seed into the gentle breeze, oh, and it landed at my feet. And I buried that seed down, way down in that warm, soft ground, the one I cared for it so faithfully. It's often said that love is found when you're not looking for it. I think that's what makes the crow such an apt symbol. If you go running towards a crow and try to catch it, it's just going to fly away. But if you're able to sit with yourself, but if you're able to sit with yourself and navigate the world with patience, care, and understanding, the crow will come to you. Now, the crow isn't scary. Nor is the crow scared of you. It's not cawing or fluttering. It's not absence. It is there with you, proving its existence with the small gift of an apple seed. Sometimes that can feel like an ending. The crow has given you a seed. The search is over. What I like about Walt's writing here is that he identifies that that's not the case. When you find love, that is simply the start of a continued effort to care and foster that love, to grow those gifts that were given to you. Like a tree, this is not a task that can be completed. It is a long-lasting, ongoing, dedicated effort. And if you put in that effort, you will be rewarded with something wonderful. The song ends with an unbashed moment of humble celebration. The crow is here, and all the pressure of trying to find it or understand it is gone. He can just enjoy the crow's presence with the confidence and knowledge that he found what he was looking for. Nowadays, the crow is close to me. I hear her sometimes, no, but I don't need to see. Cause up there she lives, many, many wonderful gifts she gives. Look here, she gave me three. so beautifully and perfectly and like this soft landing it's a bit of a surprise at the end and yet in in the, the next moment I just thought oh that was perfect that was that was ac- absolutely the perfect time to end that song in that last line he says the crow gave him three gifts During our conversations, I asked if he had three specific gifts in mind. 
Yeah. But he didn't want to share them. No, probably not. I think it's nice to just leave some things unspooled. Classic Walt. The bear up to this point has been filled with a lot of nuance. The good memories, the bad, the challenges, the successes, and the humanity that appears when all of those meet together. The crow symbolizes love is a little different. I would argue that it's the only song that is completely straightforward in its messaging. The crow symbolizes love. Nothing to guess, no ways to misinterpret it, the crow is love and it is beautiful you know i feel like if uh, you know i think there's a tendency in in songs you know and i think as a younger writer i would t- there's a tendency to focus on this on the dark dark stuff which which i i, I certainly understand and i certainly do but i think when things are you know joyful i like to sort of to have it uh, uncut you know and i feel like having a, a, a uncut joyful ending to that song just sort of a celebration of of finding somebody you love and getting married and having children i I, you know uh, it's uh i felt like making it joyful like that walt has been on quite the journey to get to where he's at now throughout the bear you can find an acknowledgement of the challenges he's faced getting here and also a strong appreciation for the life that he has crafted for himself I felt that Walt was so present in the making of this record from writing the lyrics to recording and the delivery that it it forced me to be very present as well and and it was a, it was very refreshing it 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 felt like he had arrived at a new place and a and a very peaceful one that is because he has moved to a new peaceful place in a very literal sense. He moved from the bustling city to upstate New York. The pleasure for me is seeing the way he really seems to be embracing his life now. Judy Martin, Walt's mom. Uh, When they left New York during the pandemic, it just felt like, personally it felt like such a breath of fresh air that they were gonna be able to be on this beautiful, big, place on this wonderful house and the kids were going to have space to run around i'm not i mean i'm a city girl too i've never lived any place but a big city but um it just felt like such a relief brooklyn was so so concrete i mean literally concrete it's always hard for me to imagine that this guy who you could never imagine him giving a rat's ass about gardening is now into rhododendron and you know every time we go up we plant stuff and but he's planting stuff all the time but he's embraced it fully and he has these well just a wonderful wonderful wife i can't say enough wonderful things about her and these two adorable girls i mean he has created an just a family that suits him and um, found a place that he really calls home. Before we end today's episode, I wanted to touch on two references from earlier songs that I missed, but felt was important enough for this little addendum. The first is The Hunters in the Snow. 
This is not only the title of the first track, but also a 1565 painting by Peter Bruegel, the Elder. The painting depicts a group of hunters returning home from a hunt, empty-handed except for a single fox. Maybe it was shot while he drank from the pond. The trees are bare, the sky is gray, and a crow sits in a tree. A more foreboding symbol there than on this album. These darker melancholy elements are coupled with the warm glow of a cooking fire and a small, lively village below. As the hunters return, they look down at a frozen lake, covered in ice skaters and people playing various games. You can see how this painting inspired the track. That juxtaposition of the death and hunger and life and joy that can exist in a winter. A complicated step in the complicated cycle of life. The other reference I'd like to address is from the track Easter. In it, there's the line, the singer died on a Tuesday night, gasping for air. This is actually a direct reference to John Prine, an esteemed folk country singer-songwriter who died from COVID early in the pandemic on the Tuesday before Easter 2020. This gives us another perspective at that song's title. Thanks to our listener, Tim, for pointing out that connection. This is our penultimate episode. Next time, we'll be concluding the series with the final track of the album, and namesake for this very podcast, the song is never done. The Song Is Never Done is a production of Newton's Dark Room. It was written, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Talon Stradley. The cover art was created by your brother and mine, Trent Stradley. All the music you heard is by Walter Martin. You can purchase The Bear and all his other albums at waltermartinmusic.com. I'm going to suggest Reminisce Bar and Grill again because my wife and I have taken to calling out my love to each other in the same way Walt opens his track, Too Cold to Water Ski. All that and more at waltermartinmusic.com. Special thanks to this episode's guests, Kat Edmondson and Judy Martin. Thank you to all my supporters on Patreon, Fuzzy Delp, Sonny, and Mac Edo. If you want your name in the credits, plus buttons, special transcripts, and more, support Newton's Dark Room on Patreon. If you want to hear more about my wife, you can find me at Newton's Dark Room on Instagram. For all my podcasts and everything else, you can visit newtonsdarkroom.com. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>